Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We have just crossed the deadline for franchise tag players to sign long-term deals. No long-term deal for Tony Pollard. The Raiders made an attempt to sign Jacobs. The Giants made an attempt to sign Barkley. No deals before the deadline. After running backs carry the ball that much, rushing production is not good. Yeah, I did carry the ball 340 plus times. You gave it to me. I didn't ask for it, so pay me. These running back dramas are a long way from being over. Busy Monday and the fallout continues with the running back market. Welcome to NFL Live Ahead. Falcons quarterback Desmond Ritter will join us to talk about being the starter in Atlanta. Kevin Nagani here with Darren Olavsky, Booger McFarland, and Adam Schefter there as we begin with the impact from yesterday's deadline decision. Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, and Tony Pollard all failed to land long-term deals before the franchise tag deadline. And many current NFL running backs took to Twitter to voice their concern about their value in the league right now. Derrick Henry tweeting out, at this point, just take the running back position out the game, then I'm with every running back that's fighting to get what they deserve. Najee Harris adding, history will show that you need running backs to win. We set the tone every game and run through walls for our team. This notion that we deserve less is a joke. How about Jonathan Taylor saying, if you work hard enough, you'll succeed. If you succeed, you boost the organization. And then, doesn't matter, you're a running back. Austin Eckler weighing in, writing, this is the kind of trash that has artificially devalued one of the most important positions in the game. Everyone knows it's tough to win without a top running back, and yet they act like we are discardable widgets. And then Christian McCaffrey, short and sweet. This is criminal. Three of the best players in the entire league, regardless of position. All right, to better understand what's been going on this offseason, let's bring in Adam Schefter first. While salaries are going up here, Schefter, at every single position, what's going on with the running back market? Well, the prices are going down at the running back position, and we've got three players right now who are on the tag who don't have long-term deals. But... Tony Pollard has signed his franchise tender. He is obligated to report to camp with the rest of the team, but Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs are not. They do not have to be there, and they will not be there when training camp opens, and there's a real possibility that we will not see them until the end of the summer, if then. And there are other issues at the running back position. We saw two running backs take pay cuts this offseason. We saw Aaron Jones take one in Green Bay. Joe Mixon take one in Cincinnati. So top shelf running backs who produce big numbers for their teams are working this upcoming season on reduced salaries because that's part of the trend at the position. Another trend at the position is the amount of free agents who are still out there on the street right now. We've got Zeke Elliott still out there. We've got Dalvin Cook still out there. We've got Kareem Hunt still out there. We've got Leonard Fournette still out there. There are still bona fide free agent running backs out on the street still looking for work while some have had their salaries cut, while some are unsigned franchise tenders. 
So the running back market right now has busted, Kevin. It's not a great position to be in, but that's where we are at today as we get ready for training camps to open across the league. All right, I want everybody to see this graphic because let's talk about this trend here. Franchise tag values aren't just chosen. They come from the salary cap, and from 2015, the NFL salary cap has risen by over $81.5 million. Mm. As a result, franchise tag values by position have risen significantly in recent years, except that running backs, running backs on the tag make almost a million dollars less than they did eight years ago. The only position in the league to do this backwards dance since 2015. Even kickers and punters are making a million dollars more. Dan, okay, let's get this out of the way. Agree or disagree? That is one thing. Help us understand yeah. why. Why is this happening with running backs right now? Three reasons. Number one, the rules of the NFL, the rules of football have promoted a pass-first offense. Not only can you not hit quarterbacks like they used to be able to hit quarterbacks in the pocket, but you can't put hands on receivers down the field as much, and then you can't hit those receivers not nearly as aggressively as you used to be able to, specifically across the middle of the field. So naturally, Offenses go, it's easier to throw the football now. We'll do it more because that's what scores points. Number two, we've seen way more quarterbacks come into the NFL be utilized as runners. Mm. So guys like Josh Allen and Cam Newton and Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray, they're getting used as runners six, seven, eight times a game, and those carries are getting taken away from backs and be given to some of these athletic quarterbacks. And I think the third thing is quarterback more than ever it's always been the most important position, not more so than it is now, because there's so many good ones. And I think organizations look at it and say, well, we're going to pay the quarterback. And the next thing we're going to do is pay all of our money to help that quarterback, meaning we're going to protect him. Because if the quarterback's protected, he could do whatever he wants with the football. And then we're going to pay people to get the football, too, on the perimeter before they ever think about giving that money to a running back. All right, we're going to let Dan Olaski breathe a little bit. Take in some oxygen, buddy. Let me talk for a second. Um, I think when you look at where the quarterbacks are right now, you're right. The quarterbacks are making more and more money, 40, 50, 60 million dollars. And what does that mean? That means the money is coming from somewhere. If, if the quarterback salaries are going to go up, the wide receiver salaries are going to go up, the left tackle and so on and so forth. Uh, I go back to almost a line of demarcation, guys. Remember that Ty Gurley contract when Ty Gurley was tearing the league up? Sure. Uh, I think he got $14 million a year. And ever since then, it, it almost seems like once his career went down, it was like the GMs and the coaches said, wait, we're not going to get burned again. We're not going to pay a position that inherently 90 to 95% of the time, when he gets the ball, he being the running back, that play is going to end with two, three, four guys trying to take his legs out because eventually that player is going to get hurt. So, yeah, the league has changed. It's a passing league. But I think these teams are having to pay the quarterbacks, and they're saying we're not going to get fooled anymore. Even though this guy is great, it's not a matter of if he gets hurt. It's a matter of when. Even when you look at the top running backs in the league, McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, Avin Kamara, the guys that are playmakers, those guys have been hurt. So I just think it's risk management from a team perspective. Listen, we're making some generalizations now that I think need some context. Yes, the running back market has tanked. Yes, the prices have gone down. Yes, running backs have been discarded and not treated the same as other positions. Those are all true. But it's also true that Saquon Barkley had a chance to take $22.2 million in guaranteed money that he didn't take yesterday. And the Giants had the chance 
to close the deal if they would have just come up a little bit to make it happen. And they chose not to do that. Now, maybe that's because of a running back. So what happens here now is everybody loses. The Giants lose because they now have a running back who's alienated and who's going to be as concerned about becoming a free agent after the season as he is winning games this season. The Raiders lose because they have Josh Jacobs working on a short-term deal in the same situation as Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley loses because he didn't get the guaranteed money or the full money that he wanted, and the same with Josh Jacobs, and they're taking on the risk of playing at running back with all those touches in a system where basically the running backs haven't been rewarded and they want to get to free agency. Nobody wins, everybody loses, but the players did have a chance to take legitimate deals for what is legitimate at this particular time. When Shefty was talking, your eyes lit up, specifically when we're talking about the Giants and Saquon Barkley. The 22 million, I feel like that's the first time that I've heard that number be reported attached to Saquon because I know I'd heard that he had turned down deals, just didn't know the exact value. $22 million would be back-to-back tags. 22.2. And 22.2. 22.2. And correct me if I'm right, that would be back-to-back. The same value as back-to-back tags yes. over the next two years? Point one right, right now. Exactly. Year, yes. it, it's the it's the Evan Ingram it's the Evan Ingram situation where you go tag, tag. That's what you're guaranteeing. Right. You're guaranteeing two years, right? And Josh Jacobs had at least that, and he decided not to take it. And so... Again, nobody wins, and I really believe the teams should have come up more, but the running backs could have taken the safety of these deals, and they opted not to. So they're taking on the risk there. Again, nobody wins here, but I think we're making this huge generalization when there were some decent deals for running backs, not compared to other positions, Mm. but for running backs that were on the table. Well, and Shefty, here's the the problem with your point, Shefty, is that we live in a league where as players, we're trying to push the ball forward. We're not trying to get the same deal that the guy before us got. We're trying to push the ball forward. Look at Nick Chubb. I think Nick Chubb averages about 12 million a year, and he signed that deal a couple of years ago. So how can Saquon say, okay, I'm going to push the ball forward. I'm going to take the running back market higher when I start accepting deals that are less than what Chubb got. And I truly understand what you're saying. He could have accepted that. But let's look at the Giants situation in particular. They paid a quarterback $40 million. If we're going to be honest, he's not worth it. But you're not going to pay a running back who's worth more than the franchise tag is offered. You're not going to pay him. That sends a bad message and sets a bad precedent in this league. And that is one story to keep an eye on, how that plays out as this perceived, hey, you didn't give me my money. Somebody else got it. I'm not saying that's between Saquon and Danny Dimes, this is specifically with the organization. And let's stay in the NFCs, and let's talk about this Eagles approach because when you see what they did with the running back position, how about this? They move on from Miles Sanders, set to make just over $7 million a year in Carolina. They acquire DeAndre Swift. They sign Rashad Penny. They keep Boston Scott, Kenny Gainwell, and Trey Sermon. All five guys I just mentioned make the same amount of money as a group that is Miles Sanders. When you look at that, does this style running back room make sense for the NFL, or is this just isolated to the Eagles when you talk about a running quarterback in Jalen Hurts? In their offensive line. Of course. When you have the best offensive line, at worst, top three in the NFL, you believe philosophically that you can put a lot of good NFL backs behind you and they will get productive yards. That's why I made that point of the teams are going to invest and what's going to impact the quarterback directly the most. And that is the offensive line and the protection. 
and if they believe that they have a good offensive line, the quarterback gets to play week in and week out at their, their very highest level. And then that feeds the wide receivers, and they believe that as long as they got, have capable backs, Kev, the Kansas City Chiefs are the same situation. They took their offensive line, top two, top three in the NFL. They took a seventh round back and won the Super Bowl. That's just reality in the NFL right now, unfortunately for backs. And then where did Andy Reid come from? He came from Philadelphia it's with philosophical. that same philosophy yeah. that we've seen now for two decades in that great city. Still ahead, we reveal Madden's top 10 edge rushers. Could the best guy on the edge be a guy who doesn't even play there full time? Plus, Falcons quarterback Desmond Ritter joins us live. What does he make of all the weapons down in Atlanta? Plus, wait till you hear who taught him to throw a spiral. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. What if in 2024 you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. They have over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com tackle. Get 60% off at babbel.com tackle. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply. NFL Live is brought to you by FX's Justified City Primeval. Premieres tonight on FX. Stream on Hulu. Hands off to Jacob. Stutters to the right. First of the hole. He's off to the races. There's no one in the NFL who can really match this guy. There's nothing he can't do. He should be in the 99 club suit. In traffic. He says, give it to me. Madden Week continues as we reveal the top 10 edge defenders at number 10, Dan. Let's go. Matthew Judon with an 89 overall. Absolute difference maker for this New England Patriots defense. His effort is undeniable. All right. Number nine, Bull. Demarcus Lawrence coming in at 90 overall. Yeah, I just love the way he plays a true defensive end. He can play over the tight end and rush the edge. Love the way his game translates coming off the corner, whether it's left or right defensive end. All right, watch out at number eight. Here comes Dan Hassan Reddick. How about an overall 90? Your guy, right? I, I think the, the burst off the football and then the bend around the offensive tackle, just as a quarterback, something you always got to pay attention to, and he always finishes. Yeah, the, you, he, when you get in his grasp, 
It's not like he misses you. Fantastic edge player. Protect the ball whenever seven's around at number seven. Bull Joey Bosa with a 91. Yeah, it kind of slipped a little bit. Early on in his career was more dominant. I can't wait to see what he does this year. Got to be motivated. I don't think he's the best defensive end in his own family. Let's see how that motivates him this season, but I expect a dominant year. We'll keep an eye on that at number six, Dad. Max Crosby at 94. I think one of the things that stands about, out about his game compared to when he was younger, how good of a run defender he has become. That has allowed him to become one of the elite edge rushers in the league. We'll get number five, Von Miller, also with a 94. Yeah, health is going to be a, a major issue coming off the ACL. If he's healthy, there is still no prettier defensive end turning the corner, the angle, the bend. Kev, if you could bend like him, maybe you'd have been something besides a host. Oh, that would have been fantastic. Dan, TJ Watt with a 94 at number four. <laughs> You're so stupid, bro. Uh, I don't know if there's a guy as an edge rusher in the NFL that hunts the football as much and as well as T.J. Watt. Skinny ankles, Boog. At number three, Micah Parsons at a 97. Yeah, a lot of debate. Linebacker, edge, it doesn't matter. He is a productive football player. Maybe the best pure edge rusher in the league, which has them contemplating, do you move him there full time? We'll get to that conversation in a moment, Dan, at number two, Miles Garrett at 98. Yeah, Kev, nothing skinny about Booger. Uh, the <laughs> absolute freakazoid athlete. Everyone knows that. The ability to do whatever move is necessary matched with elite high-end athleticism makes him so special. And you mentioned the brother Bosa. Here's Nick Booger coming in at number one with a 98. Yeah, for my money, he's the best defensive end in football. When you talk about the combination of run, pass, effort, relentlessness, quickness, how he plays the game, I will pay money to watch him play every single week. No doubt about it. Now, Bogan mentioned a little bit about Micah Parsons. Originally drafted as an off-ball linebacker, Parsons quickly became an asset at almost any position. The Cowboys largely kept him as an edge rusher last year. And you see the results here. When he rushed off the edge, he beat a league-best 30% of those pass blocks within two and a half seconds last year. And, and the guys in that conversation, no slouches there when you look at Reddick, Garrett, and Hendrickson. Back here with Dan and Book. Now, when we talk about Parsons, would you play him on the edge more, Dan? I mean, if you did, as an offensive person, I would say thank you. Because I think one of the things that makes him so unique and so difficult is you don't know where he's going to line up. And if you look at last year, he played 707 snaps as an outside linebacker, 139 as an inside linebacker, 27 at defensive tackle. He was in the slot 13 different times. That's really hard for me as an offensive person to try to figure out. We used to play against Julius Peppers, and Julius Peppers was a guy that we would kind of plan to run the football away from. And so we would get the line of scrimmage, we would package plays and go, wherever Julius is, we're going to run away from him. Well, then we would also end up running that play into an ideal situation. And so with the Dallas Cowboys, it's so hard to do that with Micah when they move them all around because you could end up running away from Micah, but into a terrible look from an offensive perspective. So that's why I think as much as we sit there and want to put him in one spot and rush the quarterback all the time, I think what makes him so unique is that he can line up in so many different places and it makes it really hard for offenses. Yeah, it definitely makes it really hard. Uh, I, I would put him at defensive end and have him move from left to right. 
The best down to rush Dan Olaski in the NFL is first down. It's not third down because third down, everybody knows usually it's going to be a pass. The best down as a defender to rush the passer is first down. So I would move him from left to right. If you want to put him on the open side away from the tight end, that's fine. But if you want to maximize the number of rushes this young man can have, I think you got to put him at defensive end. Almost, what, 80% of his sacks so far come from the defensive end position? And I get it. He's easier to find. But I'm not concerned about when you find him. I'm concerned about can you block him. And so far, nobody. I mean, nobody in the NFL can block this young man when he's rushing the pass. Swiss Army knife for Dan Quinn. You're your quarterback. You're, where's 11? That's all I care about when I come to the line. We'll go from here. By the way, who just missed the top 10? The first ones out are Green Bay's Rashawn Gary, Carolina's Brian Burns, both with 90 grades. I mentioned Hendrickson before, Cameron Jordan follow, as well as a pair of edge rushers with tricky contract situations. And Khalil Mack and keep it if Chase Young can stay healthy. That has been the storyline, especially the last couple of years. You got to get into that top 10 for Washington to win. Madden ratings reveal week continues all week across ESPN. Tune in to Get Up, First Take, Sports Center, and NFL Live each day for exclusive player ratings reveals for the upcoming video game Madden NFL 24. Also, be sure to follow along on social media and ESPN.com for even more exclusive ratings content. More in front of us on NFL Live. DeAndre Hopkins finally found a landing spot in Tennessee, but was it the right choice? Booger giving his take on that move next. This is NFL Live. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. What if today was the last day that we could play this game? What would you do? Oh, my goodness. Drake London out of nowhere and an Atlanta touchdown. Yeah, now is the time to get up from the loss. The Atlanta Falcons select Bijan Robinson, running back to Texas.
They got some options. The Falcons have made their offense a major priority when it comes to talent. Here's a version of what they could look like next year with, count them, six former first-round picks, and that includes three different top eight picks that are difference makers with the ball. You heard Bijan Robinson in the spring getting drafted, wide receiver Drake London, and tight end Kyle Pitts all could make life a little easier for quarterback Desmond Ritter. And with that, Desmond Ritter joins the program. And Desmond, it's great to see you. A year ago, you were getting ready for your first NFL camp as a rookie, trying to learn what it's like to be ready on Sundays. What's different this time around as you are penciled in as the opening day starter? Yeah, for me, you know, it's just, uh, you know, I know what the season is going to be like. I know what it's going to hold, how long it is. Um, and then obviously, you know, you talk about the offense. I have, you know, a whole year of offense under my belt. Um, and so, you know, I'm excited to get back in the building with the guys um, and get going and just, you know, try to reach our ultimate goal. Desmond, you we mentioned Bijan Robinson a little bit walking into this interview with you. What about him after being around him from a little bit of time now has stood out that maybe you didn't expect? Yeah, just his explosiveness. I mean, you know, you obviously see it, you know, on the on his film from Texas. Um, but just seeing it in person, you know, we haven't got the pads on yet. So uh, we'll see what it's like when we get the pads on. But, you know, just being out there during OTAs, uh, just ability to, to be able to play anywhere and do anything, uh, you know, is just really huge. I mentioned Drake. I mentioned Kyle Pitts, specifically this offseason. As the quarterback, what have you been working on with those two guys? Yeah, for me, and obviously, you know, Drake and I had a great connection last year. Um, and for myself and Kyle, you know, we didn't get as many reps as we liked to last year. Um, so for me, it was just about, you know, keep developing that relationship with Drake and then obviously, um, you know, build that relationship with Kyle. And that's, you know, whether it's whether it's playing golf on the weekends or, or you know, actually being out there and working and, and working on our crafts together um, and just growing that connection both on and off the field. What's the easiest thing for you when it comes to throwing the ball to those two guys? And what's the hardest thing for you? throwing the ball to those two guys? Yeah, I would say the easiest thing for me is just putting it, you know, where they can get it. Uh, you know, they, they're two monsters uh, outside of the ball, um, and they're able to, you know, just put it in their vicinity, and they're able to go up and get it. Uh, the hardest thing, you know, will probably be missing just because they're so big, and so, uh, yeah. you know, they can cover a, a wide range of, of, of area, and so, uh, you know, it's hard to miss them. All right, let, let's get to the, the nitty of this one. Why Desmond Ritter? Why is Desmond Ritter suited to not only be the starter this year, but the guy for the future in Atlanta? Because I'm the guy that, you know, is going to go out there and lead the team. Um, you know, I'm going to work hard and do everything that I can to make sure that not only my success, my, myself, um, but everyone around me is successful. Um, you know, I just want to bring everyone around me up um, and go out there and do everything that I can to lead the team to victory. We came across a LinkedIn and, and I got to ask you, uh, because it's summertime, what's the best and what's the worst summer job you took uh, a part in? One more time. What's the best summer job and the worst summer job you took a part in? Ooh, I would say that the best summer job would probably be uh, working at a country club back, I think, my freshman year. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, you got uh, free access to the golf course, but then it was obviously hot days in the kitchen. Um, and then the worst job would probably be a moving company, um, moving houses for uh, my buddy Newt's moving company. That was that was tough during the summer. Oh heck yeah! <laughs> oh no, part of the moving. Company. Going up those steps, and yeah. I'm sure you're hearing the word pivot multiple times, <laughs> taking down couches. All right, now according to an interview from the Cincinnati Athletics, 
Your grandmom taught you how to throw a spiral. Give us a pro comp for your grandma. I can't wait for this. You said a pro comp? Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, um, shoot, if I were to compare to anyone, uh, you know, Baker, just her, just her attitude, the way she goes about everything, you know, her feistiness, uh, you know, he's going to be, she's going to be, you know, one of those, those people that just goes out there and gives you her all. That is fantastic. I love it. Hey, Desmond, we appreciate it. Stay healthy. Have a great summer leading into the opener against the Panthers. Thank you. Good luck, man. Thanks for having me. And we saw the offense around Ritter in Atlanta. That's a group that's capable of challenging in an open NFC South. Saints currently have the edge, according to ESPN Analytics, 42% chance of winning the division. Falcons are second at 27%, and a strong second year from Ritter would make that number too small in a hurry. Dan, with Ritter on the field, what should be their strength here? Yeah, pass game-wise, Kev, I'd say attacking the seams. It's something that he sees really well, and then it's also something that he throws really well and a big part of the, the kind of the size of the perimeter players that they have on the outside. Okay, so this concept is going to be a seam by this tight end and then an out route. Now, what looks like middle field close coverage right now it's to start or pre-snap this, even though that safety shaded onto that half, he's trying to kind of kick to the field. Now, what's going to happen is – the Bucks defense is going to bring what we call cover 88. That's going to be a middle field open pressure. As that nickel guy fires, this safety is going to push to that area. This corner is now going to become a half field cover guy. That defensive guy is going to drop, and this corner is going to squat. That looks like cover two right now to everybody. We want to attack these scenes. Now, a couple things. Desmond's got to do a great job of using his eyes and understanding, I see the rotation. Safety, you're going there for a specific reason, to vacate the middle of the field. The second thing is understanding, as you want to go throw that seam ball, you've got to see this trailing defender. Now, when you throw that ball, it's got to get up over that defender, but also there before that corner who's playing that half-field safety drives in that zone. He sees it perfectly. You see the trajectory. Ball is absolutely perfect. A little bit later in this game, we're going to see another seam concept. This time it's going to be seam here and then an out route, okay? Now, you see that single high safety look that I showed last clip. Safety's still on that hash. Desmond's going to get a different look. It's not that cover 88 middle field open. It's just going to be cover three middle field closed with an overlap corner. Now, as Desmond gets this snap, a couple big things are important. He's got to see that safety while also trying to straighten up this defender. You want this defender to kind of hang on that hash because here comes this seam. This defender is going to push to the flat area. There's that vacancy right there, okay? But you've got to hold that linebacker and safety kind of inside those hashes. Desmond's got to do a beautiful job of that while also understanding this. This corner is doing something what we call overlapping. He's playing both of these guys high with vision on that quarterback, okay? Desmond's got to understand, because that corner is playing that overlap area, this guy is not going to run down to coverage. The corner playing the overlap is going to force him to be on what we call a little bit of a bender guy. He's got to go one, two, three into hitch. The ball's got to come out right now. You see how he straightens this defender up? Now, the last part is this. That ball's got to get driven, and you got to kind of bend him in, not lead him downfield to that corner. Ball's got to get put on a rope right there, holds him up before the corner gets there, and it's perfect. Those are both very similar plays versus two very different coverages. It's the same throw to the person. It's just a very different type of throw. I think Desmond did this really well at Cincinnati. Mm. I think he can do it really well in the NFL. And they have the perimeter people with Pitts and London and Matt Collins size-wise to take advantage of it. I miss touchscreen, Dan. 
So did it's I, man. It's been a while. So July nice 18th touchscreen. Listen, you're in my blood flowing, my energy going. By the way, Arthur Smith and the Falcons, their philosophy, hey, let's just try and outscore everybody, and we'll see if they can no do doubt. that with Desmond Ritter. All right, from the NFC South to the AFC South. The Titans, they brought in veteran receivers in the past. It hasn't really worked out as well as they hope. See Julio Jones, but Mike Vrabel thinks this time it'll be different with three-time All-Pro DeAndre Hopkins as he brings much-needed big-game experience to a young wide receiver room. Back here with Boog and Shefty and Boog. Does adding D-Hop put the Titans in the conversation here in the AFC South? Yeah, they're going to be in the conversation because two of the four teams in that division have rookie quarterbacks. So it's really the Titans and the Jags when it comes down to it. And so if you're Tennessee, you have to kind of go for it, especially with Tannehill on the contract that he is. And I think when you look at how they want to play, they want to run the football, Derrick Henry, Tajay Spears. They want to be physical and control the line of scrimmage. So what does that do? That's going to create one-on-one -on -one or some type of zone coverage down the field. And the Titans just need competent guys that can go out and win one-on-one -on -one battles, that can understand how to work a zone coverage underneath. And they think D. Hopkins can do that because at his apex in his career, he was one of the best in the league at winning the one-on-one -on -one battles, the 50-50 balls, and understanding how to run routes underneath because it's a system and a philosophy of how they want to play in Tennessee. And if D-Hop can still do what we're used to him doing and they can run the football, it's going to create a lot of those matchups, and he's just got to go out and win those. Well, Book, you say it's a system of how they want to play. And last season they couldn't play that way because they traded away A.J. Brown to the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, they drafted Traylon Burks with the pick that they got back from the Eagles in return for A.J. Brown, but they never quite replaced him. And so this really is a makeup for trading away A.J. Brown on draft night. They're overpaying DeAndre Hopkins, giving him way more than any other team was willing to offer in an attempt to try to help offset the loss that they suffered that draft night. Now they have Traylon Burks. Now they have DeAndre Hopkins, and they have them you mentioned the Ryan Tannehill contract at a critical time because this is the last year of his contract. There's an opportunity in that division with the other rookie quarterbacks. So they need Ryan Tannehill to play well. Ryan Tannehill needs himself to play well. Otherwise, maybe they get a look at Will Levis, who was sitting there in the second round of the draft when they picked him back in April. But this team, again, is trying to win now while accumulating some young pieces potentially for the future. Uh, consistent play at the quarterback position. We will see how that plays out in this division. Chefty Boog, thank you so much. Next, how about this? This is a great conversation for our boy Anthony McFarland. Top five D tackle. Anthony in Madden has translated into some pretty large contracts. Coming up, Dan explains why this position has become such a premier spot in the league and why Boog was born 20 years too early. <laughs> Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network. All lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Hands off to Jacobs. Stutters to the right. First to the hole. He's off to the races. There's no one in the NFL who can really match this guy. There's nothing he can't do. He should be in the 99 club suit. In traffic. He says, give it to me. Kevin Agani back. We're here with you on NFL Live. Madden Week continues on NFL Live as we take a look at the top five defensive tackles in the game. At number five, Steelers defensive end and team leader Cam Hayward still going strong. Rated 93 overall, turned 34 earlier this month, and he can play that position at DT. Number four, very rich man defensive tackle Quinn and Williams, 93 overall. He's got $96 million coming his way from the Jets on his new four-year deal. At number three, also signing a big-time extension this offseason, Giants giving Dexter Lawrence four years worth $90 million, a 94 overall in this year's Madden. Number two, looking for his next big deal, Chiefs standout defensive tackle Chris Jones at 96 overall in Madden NFL 2024, entering his eighth season and last on his current deal. And no surprise, who is at the top? Aaron Donald, a 99 for the seventh time, the most in Madden history, ahead of Peyton Manning, a dominant force leading the NFL by a huge margin in production against double teams. And he just, I mean, when we have professional offensive linemen and you're taking two on at any time and they still cannot slow you down, that's why you're known as an all-timer. Uh, let's bring in our guy, Sheffield. Let's start with you. Remind us just how many of these guys cashed in this offseason. Well, Kevin, let's make this very simple. Every defensive tackle that was up for a new deal this offseason essentially got paid. We saw Quinnen Williams get paid. We saw Dexter Lawrence get paid. We saw Deron Payne get paid. We saw Jeffrey Simmons get paid. All the money that the running backs wanted went to defensive tackles. And we're probably not done yet because there's a real possibility that the Kansas City Chiefs will work to restructure and extend Chris Jones, the other defensive tackle, before camp begins or shortly after it does. And so we've already seen four mammoth-sized defensive tackle extensions. Chris Jones would be a fifth. How many running back extensions did we see? Not many, but we've seen the money go to the defensive tackles. Boog, you were born 20 years too early. I mentioned that, and it comes true once again. Uh, why has the defensive tackle position become such a premier position in today's league? Well, it's a passing league, and it's the straightest line to the quarterback here right up the middle. Uh, we can talk about left tackle and the edge rusher and blind side, but let's move into this century and talk about how you get to the quarterback the quickest, which is right up the middle. And, Kev, yeah, think about this. The best defensive tackle the last seven years in football has been Aaron Donald. He's also the smallest. I mean, he's 6'1", 282, 285 pounds. The quickness, his ability to rush the passer. We talk about his pass rush win rate. We don't talk about his run stop ability. We don't talk about how many double teams, how many tackles for loss. It's about his ability to get to the quarterback. And I think that's how the game has changed. And the more and more you get quarterbacks that want to run out of the back of the end zone and run from that interior pressure, <laughs> the more prevalent 
that the defensive tackle position is going to be. For real? For real? Oh, that I little. Like this is the first show I've done with you in maybe like a year. First of all, the pressure was from the edge, not the interior. Okay, so let's let's clarify that. You still got to defend yourself. Yeah. yeah, let's clarify that. Um, I'm surprised you're not holding a phone with Crisco dripping out of your pores for us. Uh, on a serious note, Booger, I think one of the reasons why the D tackle has become so paramount is because this is going back to a little bit of when, honestly, when Booger played, the late 90s, early 2000s, when yeah. so many defenses started to play the defense that Booger kind of grew up in, which is with that cover two scheme, that shell scheme. Now it's not cover two as much now as it is a little bit of match quarters, the Vic Fangio concept. The reality is, and the, the reason I say this, Kevin, Boog and Shefty, is this. If teams are going to commit to shutting down passing games as much as they can by playing that shell coverage, you have to have a defensive tackle that can win in the run game, that can stop the run with light boxes, meaning one less defender than the offense has to block you. And I think that's why we're seeing some of these defensive tackles become so paramount again like they were 20, 25 years ago. I'd pay a lot of money to go in a time machine to see Boog chase you in pads. Hey, dude, I would run away from Booger backpedal. <laughs> Absolutely. I would pay a zero chance. Still I'm a better count. athlete than you now. Say Imagine Quans. what it was back then. Uh, hey, Pelotons don't count, okay? Saquon's current situation has former Steeler Le'Veon Bell apologizing to his former team for sitting out. Does Saquon follow in the footsteps? Why Dan says no next. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. ESPN Fantasy Football is the number one fantasy game. And with the season right around the corner, get your league started now at ESPN.com slash fantasy football. Back to our top story here over the last 24 hours. Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard, Saquon Barkley, all franchise tag running backs who could not agree to long-term deals yesterday. Saquon, who didn't sign his $10.1 million tag, won't be penalized if he chooses not to report to camp a week from today when the Giants and their veterans are scheduled to report. So, Adam, you know, what's the next decision Barkley has to make as the season approaches? Well, Kevin, we don't know when we'll see Saquon Barkley next, but we do know that we won't see him when training camp opens because he is not under contract right now. He never signed his franchise tender, and therefore he's not allowed to report. He's not obligated to report, and he has to sit back and decide when he does 
want to report back to the team again. And I think he's going to feel alienated from this whole process and the way the Giants went about it. Again, as we mentioned, there was $22.2 million in guaranteed money, but the average per year did not come up to an acceptable level for Saquon Barkley. And therefore, he felt like it was in his best interest to bypass that proposal that the Giants made yesterday. So he has to decide. I have a feeling that we will not see him until late August, if then, at the earliest, because clearly he's not going to be in camp any sooner than he has to be. And the question is whether he's willing to risk and forego the $600,000 weekly game checks that will come along once he does report whenever that is. Okay, there are plenty of options out there. Here's one of them for Saquon, as well as Jacobs and Pollard. How about this? The Le'Veon Bell route. After a productive start to his career in Pittsburgh, Bell sat out the 2018 season and missed the contract dispute. Eventually, he found a big money contract with the Jets, but he never found the form he had earlier in his career. His production took a major hit after the holdout. And earlier this week, Bell posted an apology for his decision to hold out. Listen to this. I never apologized to the fans for really sitting out or leaving the Steelers. I never apologize. So I'm going to say I apologize for leaving, leaving the best damn fans there is in this damn world. I shouldn't have left. I apologize. I should never have left. I apologize. That's my fault. That's on me. Wow. Quick reminder that if one of the tag players were to hold out to start the season, they would need to be on the team's active list for at least six games this season, or they'll be back in the same exact position next offseason. Is the idea of holding out, Dan, specifically, like if you're in Saquon's spot, realistic? Is that a good idea? I, I don't think it is, Kevin. I want to ask Shefty a question if I can, Shefty. Correct me if I'm wrong. The Giants cannot sign him to a deal at all in the 2023 season, right? It is either he plays on the franchise tag or nothing. That's why yesterday was such a big deal for him and Josh Jacobs, because the deadline to sign a long-term deal was yesterday at 4 o'clock Eastern. Gotcha. Okay, so yeah, holding out for an extended period of time doesn't make a ton of sense for me. I agree with Shefty. Not till late August, September is when he should be expected. But holding out creates what leverage for him? It's all about finding leverage if you're Saquon Barkley. You would have thought the performance on the field did that. It obviously didn't to the number or the value that he wanted. But sitting out a couple games or even half the season – does nothing for his leverage. It doesn't increase his value anymore to their football team. I think the unfortunate reality is Saquon's going to have to either decide to play this year on the tag or to not. But sitting out a couple games, I don't think does anything for leverage. It's not about leverage right now. Um, basically, we have a situation where this is now going to be about self-preservation for yeah. Saquon Barkley. It is going to be important to him to help that team win football games because he's a pro, but it's also going to be equally important to get to free agency in 2024, assuming he's not tagged again, healthy, intact, and what helps him get there? Missing time this summer, maybe missing some games. Yeah, I would show up, and I think the only way he can really help himself is to show up and then kind of let them know I'm here, but I'm really not here because the nightmare scenario for the Giants is if the game plan and everything is on Daniel Jones, then we will really see if the $40 million quarterback is worth $40 million. Like I, I understand the running back position every every conversation we've had, but the nightmare scenario for the Giants is if the offense is on Daniel Jones, then we really will see 
who the premier player on that offense is. Like we already know, it's Saquon Barkley. Yeah. Brian Dable's like, yo, I need help. Bring him in, please. <laughs> I need 26. And by the way, this conversation isn't going away. Check out the list of potential free agent running backs next offseason. Okay, Saquon, Jacobs, Pollard. How about Derrick Henry, Austin Eckler, Jonathan Taylor? I mean, you've got a ton of talent. J.K. Dobbins, healthy, we'll see. DeAndre Swift, another guy. If healthy, we will see. I mean, that, I mean. Jonathan Taylor is the one to pay attention to. Okay, we'll 24. see. And by the way, he was healthy yeah, he's up young, until he's 24 this years season. Old. All right, that'll wrap things up for Shefty, Anthony, and Dan. Bye, Bug. Kevin, we will see you on SportsCenter at 6. Not yeah. Anthony. We love you, Bug. It's Bug.